Hey there. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Welcome to episode 3.1 of the Integrative Mental Health Therapy Podcast with Dr. Tiffany. And I am coming off of a wonderful weekend with Dr. Karazian, uh, live streaming with him, going over functional medicine principles for uh, depression and anxiety and all things mental health. And of course, this is my umpteenth training with him and many like him, but it's always amazing to learn what's cutting edge and what the research is saying and what the status of things really are at this time and being with uh, other professionals around the world doing the same kind of work. And I, um, I thought, let me use these learnings to inspire this update. Again, this is my private podcast. This is going out to those of you who have either worked with me in the past and are still working with me or maybe haven't checked in with me in a while but are still using a lot of the interventions that we've come up with together Um, and sometimes I know that this is being shared with people who are near and dear to you that you want to um to get into me so that they can see there are other interventions available to help them heal their brain, to help them feel better. And so um, I'm going to just share, you know, just jump right in there and not go into the foundational because of the audience here. So what I think is going to be good, um, I'm going to do a three-part series again. Uh, That way I don't overwhelm you because um, Dr. Karazian has his three pillars, very similar to my um, three-leg stool, which is neurological, physiological, psychological. Uh, So we have another kind of three-leg stool, three pillars approach here with his method. And um, it, it completely makes sense if you think about our intake that we've been talking about the last couple of episodes here. Many of you from that intake received recommendations from me that went right into, okay, from a physiological perspective, I need you thinking about sleep. I need you thinking about your diet. I need you moving and integrating these exercises. And I think what was really interesting coming off of a weekend with Dr. K was how important these three things really are. I mean, really important. These three things really are when it comes to saving your brain, um, unwinding the processes of mental health issues. Because, you know, working with me, you learn that um, it's a complex explanation. It's not one thing. I wish it was one thing. I wish I could just give you a supplement and you'd be all better. But I think, you know, that's not how this works and it's all the things, you know, and it's the genetics and the history and all those things that show up in the moment that make it so that you've got to do all the things to have the life that you want. And let me just, um, just kind of interrupt myself to say this from a training that I had with Dr. Amen recently. Uh, and he was speaking about, how he goes into, well, he doesn't anymore, I'm sure, but when he was going into schools and he would show the picture of the brain and he'd ask the kids, usually in the 12 to 14 year range, you know, which brain do you want? And he'd show them the brain of someone using drugs, you know, uh, marijuana, uh, drinking alcohol, um, you know, somebody you just eating poorly and not exercising, not sleeping. 
And um, he'd say, which brain do you want? And he'd show the nice brain, the healthy brain, the brain where they're doing all the things. And um, he says, inevitably, one of the 14-year-old boys would say, well, if I have the healthy brain, I don't get to have any fun. You want me to not have fun. And Dr. Amen said, healthy brains have healthy lives. And those healthy lives have the things that they want. And so let's talk about what fun is. Fun is being able to have the job you want, go to the school you want, have the girl or guy you want. And then he said, and keep them because unhealthy brains don't know how to keep that partner. Healthy brains have freedom and families. Unhealthy brains are erratic. Unhealthy brains are in and out of jail and have problems with the law. Unhealthy brains may get the girl or guy, but don't know how to keep them. He says, so you got to figure out how you want to define fun. Because unhealthy brains don't have a lot of fun. He said he then went on to be able to spec scan uh, Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman had the same response. You know, Doc, you want me to not have fun here. I want to have fun. And he's like, Dennis, your version of fun has landed you in my office in another rehab stint, right? We've got to work on how you define fun. So when I tell you that story, And I tell you about Dr. Karazian's three pillars. And I tell you about how in my intake, I said, you got to do X, Y, Z. And maybe you're like, boy, that Tiffany, that Dr. Tiffany, she's not having a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, I want you to kind of keep in mind this definition of fun, this definition of self-care. And as we go through this three-part series where I go over his three pillars and I do a deeper dive, keep that in mind. Dr. Karazian's three pillars, based off the research, based off of everything he's looked at when it comes to depression, anxiety, bipolar, uh, OCD. And then this is going to also show up with the neurodevelopmental challenges of uh, ASD and ADHD. His three pillars are exercise, sleep, blood glucose stability. Exercise, sleep, blood glucose stability. I want to talk about sleep. Okay, Uh, we will get to exercise in the next episode and then that blood glucose stability and the final episode. But let's talk about sleep. So we have a, a number of problems with sleep that show up in my practice. Now, how we get to these problems, some of these deep dives that we all do with these labs and, um, you know, getting to the deep functional medicine root causes where I want you to keep in mind that, yes, those things still matter. Sleep helps with those things. So many of you know I have an autoimmune condition. One of the things I have to do is sleep like it's my job. I have to take sleep extremely seriously, right? So yeah, I still have this autoimmune condition that impacts my brain health and can impact my mood. However, sleep, a very simple thing, helps to unwind the problems and helps to minimize triggers. And that's how you want to look at this. Yes, anxiety is is the diagnosis. Yes, that could be caused by all the deep things that we look at in session. And at the same time, sleep will help with stabilizing the neurology, right? So there's difficulty getting to sleep and there's difficulty staying asleep. I want to talk about um, those 
couple of things and then I want to talk about like how much sleep. So let's maybe even look at it from that perspective. What is the minimum amount of sleep that I want you to have? A minimum of six hours. Some of you need nine to 10. I know that. But a minimum of six on average sweet spot, present company included, is about seven to seven and a half. I actually don't feel good if I get eight to eight and a half hours of sleep. It, it, it just is too much sleep. So all of us are different. We've got melatonin that helps us to stay asleep and fall asleep. Um, and then we have the cortisol awakening response. So our brain releases cortisol in the morning. And for some of us, just because of our circadian rhythms, um, we need different amounts of sleep to hit that sweet spot. Okay. So now you know how much sleep, right? Um, you know that this is going to play into your mood. You know, if you're tired and you're irritable from lack of sleep, you might have problems with depression or anxiety that day. You may be more symptomatic in other ways from a mental health perspective, right? So sleep is our first a line of defense and knowing how much sleep you need so that your brain can do its processes of detoxing at night because your brain has to heal itself. There's something called glymphatic detox. You have to do that on a daily basis. Every night, your, your brain actually decreases, it shrinks a bit, and it cleans it, itself out. Um, you have to go to bed at a predictable time for that process to happen. Okay. So, so sleep is super important when it comes to this mental health journey. All right. So we know how much sleep we need. And then, um, it's the issue that people have of, okay, well, I can't fall asleep. If you're not falling asleep, there could be all kinds of issues playing into it. And, and those could be deep, you know, problematic issues, but I want to go over just some strategies to help you fall asleep. Go to sleep every night at the same time, within 30 minutes, same time. Bedtime really needs to be before midnight. It has to be before 12. So if you have a family member who has anxiety, is having attention issues, and they are going to sleep at 11.30 to 2 o'clock, that's too late. They've got to go to bed on um, the other side of midnight here. We need them asleep between 10 and 11 o'clock. Go to bed at the same time wake up at the same time. Yes, even on the weekends. And to my parents, I know that it's not what you want to hear, but that will help with falling asleep because of those, that cortisol awakening response where the brain, the adrenals release cortisol and the brain wakes up in the morning and that melatonin output. Okay. So we, we have to get those synchronized. We've got to get the circadian rhythm predictable right? Um, it's not, it would be nice if we could align ourselves with the sun and the moon, but we're really out of whack with that. And so we've just got to intention, be intentional about how we do this. Eat your meals at the same time every day. This will help you with falling asleep. If you're eating too close to bedtime, it's going to cause blood sugar surges. It's going to make it difficult for you to fall asleep. Um, so your meals need to be at a predictable time with about a two to three hour window before bedtime. This is really important. Digestion and um, sleep are not compatible. They need to be spaced out. Work out at the same time every day. I prefer, then this gets me into the um, groggy, waking up groggy, not able to get up people. Um, I prefer that you work out in the morning 
And if you're finding that you have a hard time waking up in the morning, um, I want you to try to do like some jumping jacks first thing when you get up, some wall squats, something that immediately gets some cortisol going because, you know, you can be a little groggy when you try to get on this new sleep schedule, or you can have, you may be a client that's post-concussed, have neuroinflammation, and just have a really hard time getting up. And so I want you doing something immediately, even if it's not your morning exercise, even if this is just to get you to wake up, okay? Um, again, with that groggy waking up, um, you can get lamps. So there are sun lamps that gradually release sun, uh, release light to help gently wake you up and end up with the room pretty bright, um, in the morning. That's going to help release cortisol. And, um, you know, I also have some strategies. Again, this is my private podcast where I can work with you around licorice root. Some of you have done licorice root with me in the past to help get that cortisol response going in the morning. And you can have that on your nightstand and take it immediately. So waking up has a lot to do with being able to fall asleep, being able to fall asleep, okay? Um, Make sure that you are avoiding blue light right before bed. Put the electronics away an hour before bed. I know you don't want to hear this, but this is just like sleep 101. You can't be watching TV. You can't. Um, be on the phone. You can't be on the laptop and iPad an hour before bed with all that blue light. There's a lot of research around blue light and then think you're going to be able to sleep. So we've got to get you to put the devices away. No stressful conversations right before bed. Make sure um, that the temperature in the room is cool. Um, Some of you are quite sensitive to EMFs. Those of you with mitochondrial sensitivities and issues are going to have EMFs. EMF sensitivity. So that's electronic magnetic field that's from the phones. Make sure the phones are in and the iPads are in um, airplane mode. Same thing with the watches. Okay. Because that will really help. Um, Yeah. Just be really mindful of what you're doing right before bedtime. Okay. And if you're having a hard time staying asleep, so staying asleep is more your issue and you're waking up, that has a lot to do. That's called nocturnal hypoglycemia. That has a lot to do with blood sugar dropping overnight. And this is going to exacerbate depression and anxiety during the next day. So make sure you're not missing meals. That's why we're going to talk about blood sugar. Make sure you're eating consistently and you may even need to have like a little almond butter or coconut oil, olive oil, some sort of fat right before you go to sleep. Make sure that um, uh, you're not drinking water too close to bedtime. And then um, we may need to look at uh, just doing things that are calming right before bed, like stretching, deep breathing, binaural beats, um, listening to relaxing music, um, meditation, and, and even may need some GABA support right before bedtime. Okay. All right. So what you're hearing me say is that going to sleep at the same time is super important. Staying asleep is super important and waking up at the same time is very important to help you manage your mental health. Okay. We will pick up with the next episode here and keep going with these three pillars. I am so grateful as always for your time and your attention and your support. Thank you for your continued feedback about the podcast. Until next time, be well.